Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. What are you doing? I'm just uh, fighting the coronavirus. It ain't going to hurt me. Got my uh, healthy 55-gallon drum of hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer on steroids. Stay healthy. Pump it up, New Jersey. That's it. We're ready. Hey, speaking of that, interesting, uh, last night the uh, president, Donald J. Trump, spoke uh, about measures to fight the coronavirus. Right. And so, obviously, he is against the coronavirus. So I wondered, uh, the political situation being what it is, do the Democrats now have to come out for the coronavirus? <laughs> That's a very good observation. And, and the Hollywood toadies right. be all out there campaigning, ch- championing the coronavirus. Right, right. We need more of the virus. We need more of it, yeah. Uh, it's, it's so crazy because they figure if Trump uh, is, is, a, is against it, yeah. then they have to be for it. Right. And I'm... Also, it's going to be interesting to watch how the Democrats politicize this. Right. And, and right down to the fact that half the population is keeled over. Right. <laughs> they're, they're, they'll be fighting something because it's, it's, it's terrible that this system yeah. has, has what, degenerated into. Well, hopefully it won't get any worse than it is or it's going to yeah. you know, stem the tide. I mean, I guess we're doing as much as we can. We can't go crazy, but we have to be aware that it could, it could escalate. Itself. Well, I, I wonder if they were talking about this in 1918 when they had the huge influence epidemic but I think that sort of came as a, as a shock right and there weren't that many uh, defenses at that time I remember ter- just thing. just about 10 15 years ago when there was a big uh, scare about some sort of virus or flu coming out and I can't remember what it was but I remember standing online with my family at mm-hmm. the local senior center getting an inoculation and we were standing online for about an hour and a half two hours I forget what it was it the swine or the um, Evian uh, Avion, there was the Avian. swine all, all of what these originated in, in China or in yeah. Asia yeah but um, Yeah, we had had a question uh, Dan put up here. Uh, This is a story I did want to get into a little bit. A Rutgers uh, report uh, came out suggesting that uh, we need more immigration. (laughs) Now, I don't know if that's a political thing uh, by saying we should open the gates for more people here illegally or just plain fact, I think, as it uh, purports to be just based on the fact that people are leaving in great numbers. And, for example, some of the uh, these listed statistics here, that uh, last year 443,000 people left New Jersey or out-migrated, as they are calling it. Now, I'll get into this a little bit more because I think this is a... a uh, <laughs> I was going to say an example of some adult-pated academic <laughs> study. But uh, the fact is that they say we urgently need more illegals to make up, to fill the room of the people that left. Well, why not take advantage of the fact and encourage people to leave if you want? If people want open spaces in New Jersey, that's a good way to get it. But the question that Dan put up that I ask is you for people watching this, and and I would like to hear this. What would make you stay? If you're one of the people, one of the 440,000 people contemplate or who did leave, or are you are contemplating it or think like we do that it, sometime because of taxes and expenses we're going to have to leave what would it take to make you stay that's an interesting thing mm, yeah. 
Now, they say in the study that most of those people who left, uh, and, and interestingly, they didn't do the knee-jerk thing of saying it's all the millionaires leaving because of the taxes. I think last year, we, or last week, we sort of debunked that. But they said it, it's because of, of people, older people, most of whom are moving to warmer southern states. Well, that might be, but it misses the point. Why are they moving to warmer southern states? New Jersey's not that cold. Uh, So the point is, the people are leaving, uh, and what I get from people is most of the people who are leaving, if you want to say these people moving to the southern climes, will all tell you that they couldn't keep up with the taxes. That's a very good point. So anyway, what what would it take to make you stay? Now, Brian... First up here said to stay in New Jersey. Says I would lower taxes and make taxes uh, see that taxes are used for their intended purposes instead of being put in the general fund. Yeah, well, that that, that of course is is a big uh, flaw I think in the millionaires tax. I give the governor credit this year. The millionaires tax is for millionaires. That started off years ago. I think it was a two anybody making or, or a couple filing jointly for $250,000 a year mm. was subject to a millionaire's tax, a proposed millionaire's tax. So this tax. is a true millionaire's tax. This is a true millionaire's tax. Anything between a million and, I think, four or five million dollars would be taxed at a little higher rate, not, not a terrible rate. And they wouldn't be raising an enormous amount of money. But what, what, the, what, what he brought up was interesting. I don't have any problem with that. I see no reason why people who are fortunate enough or for one reason or other are enjoying the uh, the abundance uh, could not have to share a little bit of it for the for the common good taxes. Why why should a person making a million dollars pay less taxes than a guy who's making fifty thousand a year? And that sometimes does happen with all the loopholes and the things you can do. The problem is, what are they going to do with the five hundred million dollars they claim that they'll raise? Now that's that's a piddling amount in a sense considered we got a 40 billion dollar budget now right. and how many times have things been raised uh, uh, monies have been raised for a certain purpose and they've never well the, reached yeah. the purpose well we had the transportation trust fund which regularly was rated that's the gas tax money back in 2008 when the uh, great uh, recession hit we had large unemployment they had pilfered and spent the unemployment fund that they take out of your pay so the state of New Jersey had to borrow money to meet their unemployment obligations. And so, sure, any amount of money that comes in, it has to be constitutionally dedicated. And every time you get close to having these funds constitutionally dedicated, it fizzles because the structure doesn't want it because it's, too, it's a cash cow. Uh, it's a, what a slush fund, petty cash box or whatever you want to call it for the uh, political establishment. So that's what happens. But so where does this money go? Where will it go? If they came out and said, and I trusted them, it's going to go for property tax relief. Great. Go for it. If they said even education, although much of that goes down a rat hole anyway, that's an insatiable. Yeah, because the uh, cost per student varies from town to town from what? Yeah. In the uh, single mm-hmm. thousands to what twenty to thirty thousand per student, depending on what district you're. In. But if it's just going into the pot, into the trough, uh, which ultimately is used for programs that buy votes, uh, then no. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you don't get that kind of reasoning in Trenton. Now, the main thing is to keep the system the way it is, because incrementally the system has been tuned 
to provide the maximum financial opportunity for people inside the system. Yes. And so nobody wants to untune it. So things you could do. I mean, you, to, to, to make a, how about cutting out the list, and it was a long list published on this radio station, on, on our news, of people who are retiring with $190,000 a year or more retirement. Politically connected people. Dan Alexander, you remember that story. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, it was that, a long, long list of them. That goes back to... Uh Back to when you were doing the morning show of always the the big the big the big pension halls yeah. and the double dippers the triple dippers and the like we won't get into that and the illegal stuff that goes on. Uh, there's a story the state commission of investigation uh, uh, came up with a story that what Eric Scott called it the beat goes on. This is the fleecing of the taxpayers. This time it was by local and county. Uh, officials, how they could do that. Not to get into that, though, but there's so many things that you don't think about. One time, it became evident, I don't know if this was the Commission of Investigations report or not, that many, a large, large share of the municipalities in New Jersey had put their people like the town attorney and other contract workers into the pension system. That is illegal. It was not only uh, wrong, because they are not public employees, they are contract employees, they're, they're not state or county or municipal employees, and it was definitely therefore they cannot get in the pension fund, but they were in there. Right, and definitely overstressing the system. And that, that got big, and we talked about that a lot. All of a sudden, it kind of died out, and I guess they're still on there. Yeah. You get uh, the, the pension piggery that goes on. One former state senator, from South Jersey had, I believe the count was actually 16 jobs with, with a with a piece of the pension. By each one had a had a, a what an account in the pension system. How do we get a gig like that? Well, uh, you like see, that. see yeah. that that's the answer. If you run into an honest politician, he'll throw that back at you and say, "Well, you could have done that." You know, we, we just we just got into it, yeah. which is why I used to suggest for people who are knocking themselves out financially, emotionally. Trying to figure out how to get their child in the best college and, and for prepared. Forget that. Don't go to college. Get a job for the government. Right. Play your cards right. Watch, observe. If you can't attach yourself to the shirt tails of a, an ascending politician. Does any, I mean, this is just an open question. Does anybody, is anybody concerned about this pension system not be, becoming insolvent? At no. some point, and no. what is, I mean, no. I guess we're just making the minimum payments. Well, we talked things. about that. You are obliged, and you're, if you have a suckling babe in your house, that person ultimately is going somehow to have to come up over the course of time with $14,000 to pay for that share of the uh, underfunded pension system. Right. Now, this, this is pensions. This is, this is, these are entitlements that have been promised to people, but the state never had the money to back it up. Right. So if a crisis arose, as it did with the unemployment system, this would be huge, much bigger, and the state doesn't have the money to meet the obligation, you're not going to get your pension. Okay. The state, no doubt, cannot declare bankruptcy. No? No, it's, it's illegal. You, uh, state cannot declare bankruptcy. And so there's one occasion, it was either Illinois or Michigan, I believe it was Michigan, that the government did bail out of some financial problems, but not nearly this big. This, this is what the hundreds of, of billions, $140 billion or something, yeah. that that is underfunded, and it's sitting there. And so all they do is kick the can down the road to keep the current system going. That, which, as I said, is, is tuned to create the maximum financial opportunity for people in the system or people who are supporting 
those who are in the system. So you're saying that although the state cannot declare bankruptcy, someone who is retired, say 70 years old, they've moved to North Carolina mm -hmm. and they're collecting their New Jersey, A New Jersey pension. New Jersey pension, yeah. Uh, is there any chance of that not being guaranteed or is it going to continue? It's not guaranteed. So it could stop if there was some financial it, distress. It, it could stop, yes, certainly. So I'm just wondering why isn't there more of a, it, 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 for, for even the, those that have retired, why isn't there more of a or a, awareness of, of an this. awareness or yeah. a concern or even outcry? I, I don't of, know. That's, that's the question. That's the $64 you would think million dollar question. Why don't people care? Those vested in the system mm -hmm. would be concerned that they're not going to yeah. receive so, their, so, their payment in the future. So the point is, why not, and to get back to this Rutgers study, which I think is, is unfortunately the way people think. Oh, well, we're losing all these people. We've got to have more people back. Why? The more people that leave, the more open space you have. And people say they want that. You've got less traffic congestion <laughs> and uh, fewer accidents, uh, cleaner air because there'll be less pollution. And you go on and on and on. There's a great advantage to that. But uh, they feel, oh, no, we're panicked. We, we have to get more people coming in. Now, that could be purely, uh, what, politically correct, uh, a political move trying to justify letting more people into the sanctuary state. On the other hand, they could be very serious about this, and just somehow, in their mind, their mind, their brain is grooved into the fact that we have to have nine billion people here. <laughs> we have to be kind of elbowing one another, you know, for room. So, uh, the, uh, so again, the recommendation is to just let more people in and try to attract people just to come in by any way you can possibly do it. No. Why not come out and recommend that something be done to keep these 443,000 people in their homes in New Jersey? That would seem to be wiser tax-wise. Because, you know, you're letting people in. If you're going to open the gates let anybody in who wants to come in, there'll be a lot of people who aren't going to be paying any taxes. Right. So, uh, uh, I... I <laughs> Didn't the new survey just come out, Dan, that um, New Jersey is number one? We're number one for property tax uh, rates yes. in the country? Yeah. yeah. Well, we always were. Oh, and the governor's crowing, as, as politicians do. Oh, well, the increase is down. Only 2% increase. What well, do you do? Fully on that. We want it done away with. Yeah. We want property taxes completely why gone. Can't we, why can't we fund an education system like most states do? Well, the, this, is, this is the thing. The Constitution, as I've said a billion times, the Constitution of the state of New Jersey says the state shall provide a thorough and efficient system of education for all children between the ages, I think it's 5 and 18, whatever it is. The state. Uh, now, the state does provide some education funding but not nearly enough. Well, the state had better just figure out some way to do it. You got $40 billion. You must anticipate that you got a fair amount of money coming in. Now, the problem here is, in order to do that, you have to cut existing programs and existing, what, governmental structures, yes. which nobody is loath to do because there are too many vested interests in that, keeping the status quo. So the trick is to every, every you know, per, well, permanently, no matter what administration you have, is to keep the system where it is, kick the can down the road a bit, keep kicking it down the road. If there is a large financial crisis, this state is going to be really 
you know, up the legendary yeah, tributary more, more so without, than a, without, yeah. Oh, more more than others. So that that's the thing. Why why not think in terms of what would make these people stay, rather than saying we have to replace them for people another generation to go through the same thing again. Right. And you would continue to have this drain because you figure next year 443,000 people are going to be leaving for this, quote, warmer climes. Uh, where they go is, is pretty much irrelevant no. to the conversation. It, it's why are they going. And so I guess as former state senator Wayne Bryant said, and this governor's pretty much said the same thing, if you can't afford to live here, in effect, good riddance. Mm. But, uh, well, so it goes. Yeah. What else is going on? Every time, every I look around and notes everything has taxes. Taxes, about <laughs> except the, uh, the buzzard story. I love the buzzard the story. Taxes on uh, cigarettes per pack. That you know, that is, that's an interesting thing. They're proposing. I see the $1. tax sixty five a pack. Is that no, right, no, four dollars sixty five. Not a dollar. Four dollars thirty five cents a pack. Four thirty five. It's you know, yeah, four thirty five. Four dollars and thirty five cents a pack of cigarettes. That's crazy. And so a carton of cigarettes new, is going to cost forty three dollars. Or more than that, uh, I think a, a pack is probably between. I don't smoke, so I mean, I, I, don't I would know. say between ten and twelve. So I think a carton uh, roughly costs about one hundred twenty bucks. <laughs> did you, did you ever smoke? No. Well, you're good. I did for for a number of years. I quit forty or, or thirty one years ago. But uh, right here at this radio station, you did. You st you <laughs> it may calling. have been the same microphone. I stopped. We had a chief engineer who smoked these little tiny cigars like Clint Eastwood one of the, uh, smoked in the spaghetti westerns, you know, put in the corner of your mouth. And I bummed one of those from him, and I went around for about a week sort of chewing on that. And after that, I was surprised that that, that was it. Wow. But the point is, when I first started smoking at age 17, my first pack of cigarettes I ever bought was Old Gold's regulars. I don't know if they make them anymore. I, I remember. Yeah, I remember and cigarettes. it was ten cents a pack. Now I can remember uh, much later than that. I quit. Uh, I think they went up to fifty-five cents a pack. And I'd read somewhere some wise New Jersey person had said this that he didn't smoke because it seemed to him ridiculous to pay fifty-five cents a pack for something. To stick in your mouth and set on fire. <laughs> it wasn't very financially sound, no, no. but and and it burned it up. Hey, just did a quick uh, look up here. Car, uh, pack of cigarettes in New Jersey averages about eight dollars and twenty cents. You're kidding. And people still do it. So you're going to put a four dollar thirty five cent tax on that. That's a basically fifty percent tax per pack. A carton costs about ninety eight bucks without the tax. With the tax, $150. You're kidding. Dan, the, is that... The tax would also make New... According to Mike Simon's uh, story, uh, the tax would be would make New Jersey tied with New York and Connecticut as the second highest in the nation uh, behind Washington, D.C., which which taxes cigarettes at four fifty a pack right now. Uh, you said New well, York and, what, and where else? Connecticut. Oh, Connecticut. Wow. Well, the upside of that is it may cause some people to stop smoking, but I don't think so. No, I think those that are uh, either addicted or they like to smoke. Or but you know who this is a boon for is the, is the cigarette bootleggers. Oh, yeah. That, uh, and a lot of that goes on, and I think people will be turning to that rather than, than stop. The same as with, with drugs, uh, the, the forbidden drugs. You create a under-the-table market for it. But that's what, and if you're you're averaging about two packs a day, which which is what a, 
uh, a moderate to heavy really? smoker. I smokes. never smoke that much. Yeah, a lot of people do, from what I understand. Oh, I know. One or two. So you're talking what? Uh, Eighteen bucks a day, just for the cigarettes, plus an extra ten bucks. You're at uh, almost thirty bucks. We had a, a uh, we had a newsman here years ago. Not with this particular company. Now this was early before this became New Jersey 101.5. Who smoked four packs a day? Oof. And you How could not, you time? could, you How couldn't walk in the newsroom. <laughs> I, I don't know. You could, well, he did. He had to sit like Edward R. Murrow Smoking used like to do. While he's on the air. Well, the excuse people give themselves. This goes back to Edward R. Murrow, the legendary uh, CBS newsman who smoked constantly on, on the set. On, yeah. on the set. And his thing was, I worked with people in New York or CBS that had worked with him. I never knew him, of course, but he did die of lung cancer. And his thing, when people would say, "Look, this is going to get to you," he said, "No, no, they'll find a cure before I." And pass on, and of course they haven't found one yet. No. Well, that's uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, that uh, the cigarettes uh, per day, like thirty bucks a day. That's almost as much as people paying coffee at some well, of these uh, baristas or whatever. It would be, I guess, more than some hard drug addicts might yeah. pay. Those who aren't really into it for the huge amounts right. of money a day. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked. I, I was just just thinking. Uh, uh, why I don't know things that go through your head. We talked about the uh, the president. And uh, the uh, coming out with the well, the plan last night, or, or at least his his uh, his proposals right. on dealing with the his coronavirus, right. his, his approach, approach to the coronavirus uh, 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 virus. And wondering if the Democrats now are going to have to come out in favor of the virus because, <laughs> and I bet the Hollywood people are. They're all running around now, sniffing, sniffing, trying to catch the coronavirus because Donald Trump was against it. <laughs> yeah, well, good, <laughs> good. Speaking of good riddance, uh, but anyway, I, I thought about this. It, uh, the president does things, and I was sitting there watching a little bit of that last night. And at some point, I always do this and say, "Let's just sit down and be quiet. That's enough." You don't have to go. Just stop. And I can see his mind, you know, where it almost like smoke coming out well, of his ears. I think some of the reporters are baiting him just to see well, him go off the deep end. Well, that's true. But but he plays right into it. Right. right. But anyway, uh, let's say that there's certain uh, uh, eccentric uh, behavior on part of our president. Uh, and I was thinking, he is in a situation that produces that. And i tell you why. At one time it was thought... Uh, by a psychologist, I don't know if it's changed or not, but of all the causes, possible causes of uh, non-organic causes of schizophrenia, that's non-organic, not genetic or something, of schizophrenia is being prolonged period in a double bind. Now, a double bind is damned if you do and damned if you don't. Uh, one of the classics that they use as an illustration is the mother who gives her son two neckties for Christmas. One's red, one's blue. Next morning, Christmas morning, he comes down proudly. He put on her red tie and came down. He thought his mother would be impressed. The mother says, what's the matter? You don't like the blue one? <laughs> uh, but this being in this, it, it, it was thought anyway, and maybe still do, that people in a perpetual situation, a very hard double by, much more serious than that, eventually could have anomalies in their... Yes. I'm trying to be very kind here with no, my I'm, wording I think here. we're following where <laughs> you It could yeah, drive you we, kind of ape. We get you. Now, this, gu- this president for four years has been in a terrible double bind. Damned if you do and damned if you don't. Because if he 
does something that's not good, he is damned for that. And if he does something, no matter whatever does, he's damned for that by the media, the the lion's share of media, and the opposing political party. He made mention yesterday during the uh, the press conference about the administration jumping out in front and putting in that partial travel ban uh, two or three weeks ago in regards to the virus. Well, that'll be criticized. And, and pe- no, he said people were already calling him already racist. Call, him a racist, and, yeah. And, and criticizing for that, but apparently that mm-hmm. stemmed the tide to, to somewhat. Well, anyway, I, it was just a thought that passed through yeah. my mind here that maybe we can forgive him some of his, uh, what, elocutionary trespasses. I think elocutions, yeah, public speaking, right? right. Right. Your wife teaches public. Oh, you yeah. should know that. Oh, yes, no. go, go ask Kathleen about oh, yeah. elocution. <laughs> Did you ever take elocution lessons? No. When I was a I, little, I, but I, I get oh, them. God, I, I hate it. When I and this was, I guess, big. When I was a very little child, I must have been like two or three. My mother and I. One of my earliest memories was taking me by the hand to an elocution lesson. They called it, where you were taught little poems. Then you'd go back, and when people came to your home, you'd have to stand on a cushion in the middle of the room and recite. The boy stood on the burning deck, you know, <laughs> and, and oh, it, was, it was terrible. Those are the days, right? And I can remember walking down a street in Norfolk, Virginia, where I was up to age four. So I had to be under that, being dragged by my mother to the elocution lesson. I was holding back as kids do. She had to drag my feet. And I remember getting a good solid pop to my chops <laughs> to come on. But uh, I digress. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, you want to do the... Oh, you, you had a couple of things you wanted to mention. Uh, Turnpike. Yeah, well, we were ta- part of the uh, the budget address uh, the other day was proposal for hikes on the tolls for the Turnpike at Parkway. Well, that wasn't actually in the budget. It, budget. No, no. This, this, the Turnpike Authority at, at their meeting okay. uh-huh. discussed that they were going to have revenue enhancements i.e. toll increases, and there'll be okay. public And hearings. the governor commented on that. That's right. where my he, confusion was. Okay. Right. Well... But um, yeah, so and we don't know, Dan, how much. Does no figure has been announced? Mes- messing with the tolls, messing with the parkway. Does the name Corzine ring a bell? Yeah. Uh, he better take a look. Remember that? That's one thing that shot down Governor Corzine was this. His idea was to monetize it, as he called it. But you find out for people in Monmouth and Ocean County, you don't mess with it. Right. So that that's probably not going to be greeted. And you got to ask yourself, it's like. Isn't a dollar fifty enough for twenty miles of driving a highway? I mean, and and the another thing that the government has on the commuter now is that there's not that immediate outrage and anger because of the electronic toll collection through the Easy Pass. Mm-hmm. You do not feel it in your pocket every day by throwing that quarter in the old basket, as it were. You don't yeah. see it uh, until you get your Easy Pass statement. And really, how many people pay attention to that? Just oh, tr- an extra five bucks a month, and eh, no. Well, big on the deal. easy, but, well, it's right. like your your property taxes coming with your mortgage. You don't right. pay any. You, you don't, don't realize it until you, you get retired, it. and you say, "Oh my God, I got to yeah. trot down with a wheelbarrow full of money right. every few months." But, just just a nostalgic trip here, uh, Dan. I don't know if you ever uh, knew this or not. You weren't here, I guess, at the time. Wouldn't expect you. You were probably a, a callow youth. But up to a point, going into the '90s, in order to get any job on the turnpike, I mean the uh, the uh, parkway. Any job at all, you had to have a political sponsor. Did you ever hear that? No. Eric Scott would remember that. Yeah. You had to go down if you applied for a job, any yes. job, toll taker, uh, barrel painter, the rest stops, whatever, You had, or, or an executive. You had to have a letter of recommendation from a 
local sponsor from the, the it wouldn't be well it, it could be that but generally it's from trenton okay the, the establishment uh saying that they recommended you huh and so, so like you're highly like, politicized so your district uh, representative and whether you were competent or not was probably Even you know too. somewhat irrelevant yeah because you were pleasing the people who had to support through their revenue enhancement and the like the turnpike which is your lawmakers right. so you made a lawmaker happy. Okay, uh, I think just, just one thing speaking of that, because you, you had brought that up, and I'm not familiar with it at all. You were talking about a very competent transportation person who apparently is, is free. Right, he's... Uh, uh, and looking for work, maybe. And so you he, thought this might be good for us. Oh, I think he, Andy us. Byford, the guy who just left the MTA over in, this, in uh, New York, I think he'd be a great hire for New Jersey Transit. If that's possible, this is he's the, he's the British fellow that got the, then the MTA, the city subways, they had a whole bunch of problems. But he was starting to make inroads the last couple of years on the job. He was he was the face of the organization. He got out there. He was with the uh, commuters every morning. He apparently had the respect of a lot of the uh, employees and the workers in the MTA. Mm-hmm. But apparently he had some disagreements with the governor in New York, and, and you know, so he he, le- he left his job. He left he, the he job left the other day, and he's looking. Uh-huh. And he he said at his he says I'm looking for my next opportunity. Okay, so, now in New Jersey we, we have troubles with the same New Jersey system transit. that he was very good at managing. Yeah, and we could use some competence in there. Absolutely. Now, the, as I understand it, the governor is, has uh running the jersey transit three people really it's like a troika is that right dan well the department of transportation has you have uh the governor has become the uh the the um kind of the figurehead for it's basically three figureheads the governor he has kevin corbett who's the who heads up new jersey transit and um i can't the the transportation commissioner well it's okay uh, that's yes okay so basically the three of them have kind of been, been the figureheads for saying they're going to fix mainly New Jersey Transit. Which seems to be at this point unfixable, at least in our time upon the planet. So but, it would be good now to say, okay, look, let's clean house here and let's bring this guy in with a proven record. You can't do that, though, no. because these people, no doubt, who are involved, certainly the governor, I would just say, you know, if he's the lead horse in there, the others must have some political you know, affiliation. And barring something that violates but, uh, but what, public agency, morals or something, which is unlikely. An agency that has uh, perception problems like New Jersey Transit does, I mean, a, a fellow like Andy Byford would be just well, what they need. Like as a cons- bring him in as a consultant yeah, right. if you have to. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then he'd probably lock horns with people. You see, the tendency is to keep things the same, the inertia. Well, I, I guess it's part of uh, the universe with nature. <laughs> a body at rest tends to stay at rest. And so this filters right down through through what conscious minds of people in the, uh, in, in the, uh, the public arena uh, is keep things the same because everybody's getting theirs and I'm getting mine, so keep it the same. But uh, who knows? That, that might be a thought. Can I interest you in a little bit of a sanitizer cocktail, Mr. Gerhardt? Um, <laughs> Maybe after the show? I know where my hands have been. Maybe you don't. <laughs> Okay, listen, thanks a lot, everybody. Have yourself a great day and a great week. And we'd love to have the pleasure of your company again next week. Stay healthy, New Jersey. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast.
Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.